Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Well, today we're going to continue on in our series in the book of Philippians. And uh, we're going to start over in verse 27 of chapter 1. And we're going to go into chapter 2 there for a while as well. And as we look at this, of course, this is one of the Apostle Paul's letters that he wrote to the church, and specifically to the church in Philippi. But that message that he wrote is not only for them, it includes us too as followers of Jesus. And so he was writing to this fledgling church, and yeah, if you, if you need to keep anything in front of you this morning, we need to keep this thought in mind. You have to keep the right attitude during opposition or conflict. And opposition comes to us in many forms in life. You may face conflict when you're trying something new at your job. And you might find resistance when somebody in your family says, hey, let's change the vacation this year instead of doing like we have done for the last 20 years. Let's go over here instead. You know, we find resistance in different ways. And, uh, and so you may face hostility when you've come to faith and your friends don't feel like you're treating them well simply because you uh, refuse to do things with them that you feel are not right. They may even resist your efforts to share your faith with them. And there may be times that you have disagreements in your life with friends or even people in church because you want to do something a certain way and others don't want to do it that way. The important part for us is to keep the right attitude through conflict. There were two guys who were living in a small town and uh, they got into an argument over something and they were trying to work it out. Well, they couldn't quite work it out and so the one first guy goes to uh, the, the community leader of the town, and he says, hey, we need some help here. He said, this is the case, this is the situation, it's what happened. And, and so the guy uh, looks at him and says, well, you know, you're right. The next guy goes to him because, you know, he's an important person there. And, and he tells his side of the story, and uh, then the leader says, you know what, you're, you're right too. Afterward, this guy's wife gives him a hard time and says, what are you thinking? You told both of these guys that they're right. That's just not correct. And he told his wife, you're right too. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so two people, two people may have different ways to solve a problem when they're in conflict. But what is important that they keep their attitudes in check. And it's so easy for us to get all fired up over our cause that we lose track of our attitude and you have to learn to stay uh, unified with others even in the face of disagreement so we're going to jump into this passage together and we're going to see what the apostle paul has to say to us and consider yourself as the actual recipient of the letter so see it as he's writing to you and this is what he says in verse 27 it should be on the screen it says whatever happens conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of christ then whether I come to come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. 
This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for Him. Just the way that life is sometimes when we share the gospel. Verse 30, since you are going through the same struggle you saw that I had, and now hear that I still have. Remember, the Apostle Paul has been in prison. He has been locked up because he was sharing his faith uh, to those outside, and it didn't go well. He had some opponents, those that were hostile to his ministry. So there's three things we're going to look at this morning, and we need to keep in mind. And the first one is this, that we need to be able to stand, stand together against outside hostility. So can we, as Paul, the Apostle Paul said, conduct yourselves in a way that lifts up Christ. So right off the bat, we see the Apostle Paul challenging the people of God to make sure that their behavior and their actions line up with the Word of God, with the Gospel. And so many times uh, people say they believe in Christ but haven't been working on how they live, they haven't been working on their behavior and I know that when we come to faith in Jesus, that we're not perfect. Even, at, even if you've been in the faith for 20 years or 30 years, yet we still need to be willing to grow in our conduct as we follow Jesus. Now we see that Paul provokes the Philippians. He, he is challenging them to live for Jesus in such a way that will give the gospel a good name. And that's what, what we want to do as followers of Jesus, is to be get, give the gospel a good name to be able to share faith in a way that is pleasing to God. We need to be people who do Jesus justice. What does that mean? Well, when people see how we treat others at work or school or in the community, it should cause them to say to themselves, why was that person so kind to that other guy? He was a jerk or she was a jerk. And, and, and it has to be more than simply customer service. We know in the business world, there's customer service. You have to do certain things to be able to get customers to come back and all of that. We understand that. But it has to be more than that. Most of us can see through what is just customer service. Most of us can see past that. And we, we have to be able to ask, is our faith showing itself in our behavior? How you actually live glorifies Christ. There's another part of this that we need to be able to focus on as we look at what the Apostle Paul is saying to us here. We need to be able to stand together when you're opposed by others. And time and time again, we may face some kind of opposition for those who don't believe in Christ. Uh, they, they may not understand uh, that that's one of the things, but then there are those who are simply antagonists, and uh, really they just don't get it yet. They haven't got to that place to where they can put their trust in the Lord, and so they become antagonists, and, and they can be real challenging. But well, the, the antagonist really is a person who's an opponent of the gospel. They may or may not like you. It may not have anything to do with you. It may not be about you. Uh, it's not such a big deal. But if they don't like you well, that's when we have to step back and look at ourselves. Am I treating this person well? Am I doing what I should around them when I'm face to face with them? Or if I am not? When you face an antagonist, do other followers of Jesus come to your aid? Let me flip that around the other way. 
uh, if other followers of Jesus face an antagonist, uh, do you turn around and try to assist them when they're walking through that difficult time? And I think this is a key. We need to be able to stick together in the body of Christ. If one first person faces someone who is opposed to the gospel of Christ, you who are mature need to encourage them and help that person so that they can follow through in faith. That, that could mean a few different things. It could mean that you may have to open the scripture to them and encourage them say, hey, this is what the scripture says about the subject they're talking to you about. It could be that you may just have to encourage them and remind them that they're going to be okay. It may be the fact that maybe they were in the same boat as that antagonist was in the past. What do you do when your neighbor challenges what you believe? And they say, oh, I don't believe that stuff. It's a bunch of rubbish. Now, what do, you, what do you do at that point? Well, the Apostle Peter said something. We want to look at what he says. And, and he dealt with persecution as well. And in First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, it says this. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. We like to stop there. We like to cut it off there at that point. But it's very important that we do not do that because there's something else that comes after that. He says, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So what is Peter saying then? We, first of all, he's saying, you know what? You've got to give a reason for the hope that you have. Why is it that you serve Jesus? What has Jesus done in your life? Why is it that you attend church? Why is it that you're in a small group? means that you have the will to study God's words. You aren't, if maybe you aren't a great reader, and that means you may have to listen to the Bible on an app, or you may have to pull out an old CD, or maybe you even go back to the day when you have the, the cassette tape on the Bible, right? And a lot of us use the net now, and you can go back and you can get that app out or whatever, and you can turn it on and listen. What does the Word of God say to me? Because you're like, how do I deal with this situation? And so then you pull out the scripture and allow it to guide you. But there's another side to what the Apostle Peter was saying here. As I would say that Paul would say the same thing as we see what he says in Philippians. And he says, give the reason with gentleness and respect. So here, if, if you post your cause based on the Bible, on social media, with a caustic flair. You flatly ignored the Word of God. We have to be careful that when we post stuff on, the, on uh, social media, whatever it is, you, some may do it, some may, uh, may not, but that's, that's fine. But we have, to be, we have to recognize the fact that we're on a pub, in the public. And then when we're doing that, we want to make sure that we are not doing something that's caustic and then the gospel gets a bad name because of what we've said. If you give reason for your hope in Christ to an antagonist with a bad attitude, you've really missed the point as well, right? They're always going to come and be in our, uh, around us, especially if we're willing to interact with the world that's around us, as long as we don't shut ourselves in a little room. And if you shut yourself in a room all the time, then that's a problem too. We have to be able to get out and be outside of ourselves and interact with our community. 
we must be aware of our attitude when we engage the person who opposes the gospel. You may be the only one who has the ability to engage them. Maybe you are the only one that has that platform in their life. And you personally may not have the opportunity to share, uh, share the gospel with them to the point where they would come to faith. But you may plant seeds in their life that would transform them and help them to look to Christ and it will change their world. And it's going to be easier to do that with a proper attitude, right? I remember a, a guy that used to sell me uh, uh, car parts back when I uh, was a high, in high school and hot rodding and later on for a little while. Uh, this guy went to him. I had heard I needed a, I wanted a Muncie four-speed transmission for my car. It's a big thing. Some of you car guys, you know that. You know what that is. And, and so it's all aluminum back in the day. That's important, you know, lightweight and all that. And and so I went to this man, I actually I found him because the local auto parts store said, hey, you need to know about so-and-so. I'm sure if he doesn't have the transmission, he'll get it. If it's in Kansas, he'll find it. If it's in Nebraska, if it's in, uh, if it's in any of the one, uh, Missouri, <laughs> Missouri, is that right? <laughs> so wherever it's at, uh, he'll find it. That's the day when we did the mail order. Remember, mail order, that's all we could do. You had to write a check, send it in to the company of mail order. We didn't have the internet. We couldn't go on there and surf on eBay. Hey, I want this kind of transmission. And so I meet this guy, and so he was pretty cool. He had a race car himself, and his car was like mine, only it was better. And uh, so anyway, so he, he starts talking to me, and yeah, he had the transmission. I wanted. He had it laying on his shop floor. And so I start talking to him and, and about it, and he said a few words about it, and then he stopped. Now, you have to understand, this isn't a time. Now, I grew up in church, went to church every Sunday because my parents made me, and, but I had not put my faith in Jesus at this point. And so at that point, I go and I listen to him, I'm talking to him, and then he starts sharing what Jesus has done in his life. I'm a 16-year-old punk. And that, that's the way it was. And he starts sharing about how Christ changed his life. And, and I'm listening to him. And, and uh, he goes through the, the spiel. And, and so I'm listening. And I, I'm just hoping. You know, I hope you get done real fast. Because I'm, I'm here to talk about a transmission. I got some parts to deal with here. And, 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 and uh, you know, I, I, but this guy... He's the first person outside of the church that shared the gospel of Christ and what it meant to them and how it affected their life. And he shared the gospel and how it affected him. And, uh, and I listened religiously because <laughs> I went to the church so I knew some of the words to say, you know, oh, praise the Lord. All those kind of things. And so, you know, I, I knew what to say and that just so I could accept his story then move on to buy this transmission. Well, I don't know where that uh, transmission is now. I sold it and uh, some pro somebody probably has it in their muscle car around somewhere. I don't know. I got that transmission. It's gone. But that man has... He's since passed away. He's with the Lord. But the impact of his witness is still with me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be telling you that story. I don't even remember much of his story. I remember that he, 
he was kind of seemed to be an angry guy, and if you would if you would throw down the gauntlet, he would fight you, and he had the scars to show it. But there's something else that we can understand from attitude. If his attitude wouldn't have been good, if he'd have been all haughty and all this kind of stuff, well, you need what I got because your life stinks, you know. <laughs> he didn't do that to me. But he shared his faith in what Christ had done for him. There's something else that we can find here in the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippians. And uh, it's important for us, standing together shows that you will keep standing in the end. Remember that you will face spiritual opposition from the outside at times. And Paul says this in verse 29. It says, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Now, none of us want that promise, do we? That's one of those promises we say, hey, God, I don't want to have any part of that one. Uh, I like all the promises, and the promises are yes and amen in my life, but that one, oh, we can set that one to the side. But verse 30 says, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. See, the Apostle Paul was still in prison at this point for the gospel. We know that you will face the challenge of outside hostility at times in your walk with Christ. And when you do, keep the right attitude, respect the other person. Then, each, uh, then reach out to others here in the body of Christ and don't go it alone. We need to be able to stand together in the body of Christ. And then we need to be able to reach out and minister to others around us. We need to stand together in unity when we face hostile territory because that's going to happen. It's just going to happen because we've chosen to serve the Lord and we've chosen to place our faith in Him. You may not have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. None of us do, but encourage each other when you face those who challenge your faith. Your faith. Maybe your faith too. <laughs> I don't know. But what we know is outside hostility is not the only part that the Apostle uh, Paul is talking about. here. Look at what he says here in chapter 2 in verses 1 to 4. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, with Jesus, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others." That is a challenging passage. It's a challenging passage, and it should be helpful to us as followers of Christ and how we're going to live in this world we live. But what we have to understand, what he's talking about is internal conflict. And this is the second thing. We need to also stand together against internal conflict. Here we find the Apostle Paul helping the Philippians to, to let the fact, to the to to let the fact that they have been united with Jesus cause them to stand together even when they have conflict inside of the church. So conflict doesn't only come from those who oppose the gospel on the outside, 
but we all have our own ideas. We all have our own ways of thinking. We all have, we think, oh, we should do this, or we should do that, or we should do something else. And that means that we have to be able to walk through internal conflict when it comes. Encouragement and comfort should be part of being together with Christ. So Paul appeals to the Philippians' unity with Jesus by saying, come on, guys. If you've been encouraged by Jesus, if you've been comforted, if you guys have, been, have even shared, and by the way, has anybody been gentle or compassionate? Live in unity. We need to be able to live in unity because Jesus has done something for us. We've been forgiven. We've been bought in, brought into the family of God. And to me, it's like he's saying, if you've gained something from being in Christ, then share it with others in the way you interact. It's so easy to interact based on our feelings, uh, maybe of inferiority, or based on the fact that your spouse burnt your toast this morning. Joe, Joe. No, she didn't do it. I made my own toast. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> when those things happen, it's easy to get a bad attitude and in, when we have that internal conflict in our life. But base your attitude on what Jesus has done for you. Encouragement, comfort, and compassion and tenderness need to be part of your attitude when there is conflict in the body. And if not, then you will be the cause of the problem. And the Lord holds each and every one of us accountable. And as we look at this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29, now we look at this scripture because it's one of the oldest passages about, about communion. That last supper, but it is more than just that because he, uh, the Apostle Paul is dealing with the problem. And these are the words that he says. Because the Christ followers were messing up by treating others poorly during communion. And he says these words, For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Now what we have to understand here, if you look at the context of this passage, he was not talking about the physical body of Jesus. That is not the context at all. Now sometimes we may refer to that, but actually, he's, he's talking about the body, you and I. Jesus is the head, we are the body. And so he, he is challenging them, and I think we must be very careful in how we act with one another. Now, back in Philippians chapter 2, verse, verse 2, it says this, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. If you, so if you're united with Jesus, then be united in your thinking with other believers. Now, some of you look, look at me and say, what? how can I do that? How can I do that possibly? But you may say, I grew up on the farm in a big house with chickens in my backyard. I don't understand those big city people. Well, then, you may, then somebody else may say, well, I grew up in the projects and we, uh, the only chicken we saw was at Kentucky Fried Chicken when we went there to purchase some and it was in a bucket. You know, we all have different backgrounds. We, we all have different paths and different family and all that kind of stuff. And, and, but we have to be able to keep ourselves focused on the common ground. And what is that common ground? The common ground is Christ. 
It's Jesus. He died for the world. He didn't die for this group, that group, another group. He didn't drive, uh, die for those in the country and not those in the city, vice versa. He gave his life for every one of us. We have every kind of heritage that there is out there in, in our church. And that's what makes church so wonderful. That's great. Do you know what the Bible says what heaven's going to be like? Look at this verse with me in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. This is a, it's a wonderful passage. It says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. That's Jesus, right? They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. They were worshiping God, nothing better than worshiping God together from every different group in the world, all in one place. If you aren't willing to get along with people that are different than you now, then I don't know how you're going to enjoy heaven. Heaven's going to be good. I still don't know what language you're going to speak, and I hear all kinds of things. Some people tell me Spanish. Some people tell me Hebrew. Some people tell me French. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I just want to be there. So we all make the church interesting. Together with the Holy Spirit and with our backgrounds, we make the church powerful. Here's the issue. It doesn't matter what your cultural or racial background is. Even in a church where everyone has the same background, there can be conflict. We can't protect ourselves only by finding common ground in Christ, even though that is a chief principle that we need to hold on to. But we must follow the Apostle Paul's message here and what he is saying to us. He encourages us to be like-minded. But how? How can we be like-minded? Well, let's look at what he says here in verses 3 and 4. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Someone wants to say, hey, Pastor, you're meddling in my life. Why are you messing with me? No, Jesus is messing with you. He is the one that the Holy Spirit has spoken through the Apostle Paul, and he is challenging you. Why? Because he loves his church. And because he loves you. We have to refrain from selfish ambition. We have to keep from vain conceit. What is selfish ambition? Well, it's the idea that I, I want to get ahead of others. Or I want my own ideas to be the main idea. Or, or I, want, I want to do this even if others want something else. We could even say this as well. It's I will listen to your idea, but I'm not going to do what you want. And that's really not the right attitude, is it? Now, in a church body, usually no single person gets everything they want. It's just not possible in a body, but there are too many things to consider, too many people to consider. It's evident that the Apostle Paul must have had some problems with the people there in, inside of the church at Philippi. There's no question if you go through and study it, you will find that's the case. And uh, it seems to be they wanted things their way and their way alone. That's selfish ambition. And it's evident that it was causing internal conflict. So he was reminding them to keep the right attitude in mind. We have to be able to keep the right attitude in mind. There was a lady who uh, had somebody knock at her door. She comes to the door and there's a man there. He's all sad faced and everything. And, 
And uh, so he says, I, I'm sorry to disturb you, but I'm collecting money for an unfortunate family. They, uh, they uh, are without food. Uh, they, their utilities are being cut off. And shortly, they're going to be kicked out of the house that they are in. And uh, so uh, and the, if, if they don't pay their rent by today, they're going to be kicked out. So the woman replied, she thought it through just a little bit, and she uh, said, uh, I'll be happy to help. But who are you? She wanted to make sure that she knew it was something legitimate. And he says, well, I'm the landlord. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Selfish ambition can be ugly. <laughs> like this man showed his true intent. He was more concerned about filling his own pocket uh, than he was for that family. And other times it can be subtle. It can be a concern for personal power or prestige. Even in these conflicts, we need to be able to keep the right attitude. But as Paul says, rather in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. So he could be saying here, respect others as a person with ideas because they have something to give. Everyone has something to give in the body of Christ. Everyone does. In James, we, we are going to look at him. He, he says in, ver, in chapter 4, verse one, excuse me, 1 and 2, he t has a very stern take on what the Holy Spirit was saying when he was writing to a very specific situation as well. And we can relate to this as well. He said this, he said, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. He even takes it higher than that, and I'm not going to go through all of that, but you have to say, wow, all right, James, that's some pretty stiff stuff there. It really, it's a reminder of how much attitude affects our lives if we let our selfish ambition to get in the way. I thank God for that man, that witness to this 16-year-old punk that he shared the gospel with me with an attitude that was kind and generous, and he put up with me. I am surprised he did, but I thank God that he did. And I remember it to today. Respect others, love others. Now let's look at this last part with me from Paul's letter on humility. And really, we can cap it off with this part of the passage this morning as we hear what he's saying. In verse 5, he says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. Rather, He made Himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross, the ultimate. Therefore, God exalted him to be the high, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue not acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Absolutely no one has enjoyed the equality with God 
that Jesus the Son has. And, and could you imagine what this meant for Jesus to be able to drop from the top position down to all the way to the lowest as a human being like us, even lower as a servant, even lower as somebody who would give his life on a cross that was seen as shameful in that time. He did that for us. He didn't use his status or his ability to take for his own advantage. He became a servant. And while we wrap this up, we need to keep this thought in our mind. Must keep the right attitude during opposition or conflict. Those things will come along in our lives. They just will. Paul is still talking about the about attitude in the conflict here as this, in this last portion of the passage that we've read. He's also talking about being in unity and harmony, working together. He's talking about being in an accord, and I don't mean a Honda, right? That's an old one. The third thing. Stand together by following Christ's example. We should be people who are willing to stand together and follow the example of Jesus Christ. Hold Jesus' mind, uh, mindset in your relationships. There's, not, there's a lot to this, really. We could go on. That's a whole sermon in that, but I'm not going to keep you that long because I'm hungry. <laughs> he had the highest position. Yet he chose to humble himself. He kept the quality of humility working in his life. For us, what does that mean? That means others first at Topeka first. That's what it means. Others first. We, we, we must get this in our vocabulary. We must allow it to, to uh, emanate into our relationships. Jesus didn't always have, have a spin to get something from people when he ministered to them. He just cared about people. He wanted to help them. He wanted them to have that eternal life that He was offering to them. Jesus took the nature of a servant. This seems almost impossible for the American consumerist, but nothing is impossible for God. We're all, we're all uh, products of consumerism in, in the United States because of the demand of our culture. And, and it affects everything we do. Every, everywhere we're at, it even affects us in in the church and the idea what can you provide me is prevalent and on the other side you must be willing as many have to say others first we need to take on jesus mindset to humble ourselves and to to become a person who's willing to serve you know we had last week we had the global leadership summit a wonderful time it was a great time great impactful time with the leaders who were speaking great speakers but in my mind, uh, there was something more than that. It was, as I, as I thanked you earlier, it was about all those volunteers who are willing to give of themselves, give of their time and say, you know what, I'm going to help out, I'm going to serve, I don't know, the 20 or 30 of you uh, that, that served and helped and made that conference a success. It's about people working together and serving the Lord and serving one another. We had that opportunity to do it. As we conclude this morning, it's interesting that God the Father exalted Jesus the Son based on humility. He did that. And 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 says this. This is our last scripture this morning. It's a powerful passage and reminder to us. 
And he says these words. He says, Peter says, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. Stay humble. Stand together against outside hostility. Stand together against internal conflict. And then stand together by following Christ's example of humility. Probably the hardest thing that we face. The hardest thing. that's one of those things that we say to the Lord Lord help me I need your ability to be able to follow through in what you've called us to do ultimately we need to keep the right attitude during opposition or conflict would you stand with me this morning let me pray with you and the prayer teams are going to come forward this morning you may need prayer for whatever reason maybe it's health you need the Lord to touch your body and health or maybe you have a family thing you want to talk to the Lord about or maybe you say you know what I'm in conflict I need to take that to the Lord or maybe you say you know what I want to put my faith and my trust in the Lord and you can do that today we'll have prayer team members here that would love to pray with you but let me pray with you this morning that the Lord would just do his work Lord help us help us to be your witnesses in our community Father, and help us to live out the Apostle Paul's challenge to us, which we know comes from your Holy Spirit. Help us to live in such a way that we can follow along with the example of Jesus Christ. Jesus, I don't know how you did what you did. I know you are God the Son, but I know that you humbled yourself, came down to this earth. Among us, you people we're broken undone you chose to humble yourself come down here and be a servant help us Lord to grasp this help us to understand that we can be servants of the most high God help us Father as we endeavor to serve you in Jesus name Amen